0: Morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Good. Praise God. I'm glad you're here. Hey, would you join me and let's just have a word of prayer. Father God, I want to thank you this morning that we can be in your house. I'm grateful. Father, it's a privilege. It's it's an honor and and we love you. Father, open our eyes, open our hearts to hear what you have for us this morning and that you'll minister to us in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. amen. I started last week talking about uh, the prophetic word that Chuck Pierce gave at Trinity Fellowship. Uh, he's been there probably over 10 years, and uh, he always gives a prophetic word. And I talked about that last week. And so I'd like to take a little time again this morning and just highlight something that he said uh, that I know will minister to you and it ministered to me. So here's what, here's what he said. He said in 2019, you will sing your way into the new. Let me say it again. You will sing your way into the new. Now, I believe the reference sing, uh, of course, is praise and worship, okay? It's praise and worship. And, and he says in that, that as you and I sing, as you and I worship, we're going to sing our way into the new. Hang on just a second. Thanks, Ash. Thank you very much. Praise God. Now, let me give you a definition for the word new. Now, I know everybody knows what new means, but, but listen to this. New means something that has not existed before or something that we've experienced for the first time. Something that has not existed before. All right. Now, let me just draw you a picture of this. Okay. Chuck Pierce said that we're going to sing into the new. And the word new means something that's never existed before. Here's what I'd like to say this morning that I, that I believe God is saying through that, that God's going to do some things in your life in 2019 that you've never experienced before. God is going to bring some things to pass in your life that maybe you've not seen before. Now, last week, I said that God wants to fully express his kingdom in your life and that you and I are supposed to be a model for the kingdom, okay, okay? Now, now listen to this. We're going to sing our way into things that have not existed before, into things that we'll experience for the first time, and God's going to fully express his kingdom in our jobs, our marriages, our families, our households, our church, and that we're going to be a model of the kingdom. Now, every single year, Chuck Pierce always talks about praise and worship, and he always talks about how powerful praise and worship is. And the thing that I'd like to stir up in you this morning, obviously, we have a great band. Obviously, uh, we have great praise and worship here at Tulio Christian Fellowship, and we're incredibly blessed that we have that. But, but every time you sing in church or maybe in your vehicle running errands or on your way to work or while you're making breakfast, you put on some music, whenever you do that, you're doing battle against the enemy, and you're turning your heart toward God. Listen to this statement. When you sing, you sing your way into victory and into deliverance. See, singing's not just singing, okay? It's not, it's not just something we do in church, but it's a, it's a type of warfare. It's a type of battle that gets the enemy off your life. Are you with me? So when we come together in church and you sing, you lift your hands, you lift your voice, whatever it is that you do, when you turn your heart toward God, when you lift your face toward your heavenly father and you begin to worship him, you begin to sing to him, you begin to adore him, while you do that, he's fighting for you. Isn't that good? Now, here's our tendency. Our tendency is we want to fight for ourselves. You see, our tendency, especially in West Texas, and I love West Texas. I love all of Texas, but I really love West Texas. Amen. We've been taught in West Texas to be self-sufficient. Now, listen very carefully. All right. I I don't want to. I'm not trying to say anything bad against that. But here's the thing I need you to see. See, a step into self-sufficiency is a step away from God. See, as long as you and I think, hey, I can handle it on my own. Yeah, I don't need God, I can handle it. All right, when you move into that, I believe that's a very dangerous place to be. But when you turn your heart toward the Father and you begin to sing, when you come into church, you sing. You worship, you close your eyes, you open your heart. When you do that and you turn away from the battle, everybody in this room's got battles. When you turn away from the battle and you turn toward God, God fights for you. And you don't have to fight. Now, I want to tell you a story this morning. In the Old Testament, Israel was at its zenith when David was king. Okay, he was king for 40 years. Well, then he had a son that everybody's familiar with named Solomon. The Bible says he was the wisest man that ever lived. And Solomon became king after David. Solomon was king for 40 years. So for 80 years, David ruled for 40, Solomon ruled for 40, and there was 80 years of peace, 80 years of blessing, 80 years of prosperity in that kingdom. Well, then Solomon grew old and he died and he had sons. And one of his sons took over as king of Israel, and he wasn't quite as wise as his father. And he caused infighting and political upheaval and turmoil within the nation of Israel because he wasn't a wise, good king. And so what happened was Israel became divided and it became two nations, and the 12 tribes split up, and there was a tribe with two, uh, a nation with two tribes, and then there was a nation with 10 tribes. Now, all of us know this. If anything splits up, one of the things it can create is weakness. Now, just for a perfect modern day example, imagine as a nation when we were in the civil war. Okay, and there was north and south. Now imagine if that war had been won by the south and America had been divided into two nations and there was not the United States of America, but there was two nations. Then imagine that we have an enemy rise up in Nazi Germany. We have an enemy rise up in Japan, but they're not facing a united nation. They're facing two nations that are divided. Okay, well, the outcome of that war could have been possibly very different. Okay, It was very important that we stay one nation. Okay, Israel has been divided by a bad king. So over a period of years, there's two or three different kings. And Israel is not a nation uh, separate unto itself anymore. There's two. Well, because of that, they have a new king in the smaller two tribes. It was called Judah. It was called the nation of Judah. And there was a king named Jehoshaphat. Okay, Jehoshaphat was made king when he was 35 years old, and he ruled in Israel for 25 years. Well, when he becomes king, there's an enemy who decides, because Israel's been divided, because they're not who they were with David, they're not who they were with Solomon, we're going to attack them because it's a great opportunity. They've been divided, we're going to attack them and we're going to conquer them. All right, I want to start reading to you in Second Chronicles 20, and I'm going to read three verses to you. This is Second Chronicles 20, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat and said, A great multitude is coming against you. From beyond the sea, from Syria, they are Hazanon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now stop right there. Pastor, why are you talking about this? Well, because they did something incredible. They did something amazing. They did something very powerful. And I'm going to tell it to you. And some of you that have heard this story, you know what they did. Israel's divided, and it says that a messenger came to Jehoshaphat and said, there's this great army from across the sea, and they're coming to attack us. They're coming to attack us. Now, here's the very first thing that Jehoshaphat said. It says in verse 3 that he was afraid, and he sought the Lord. Now, please don't miss this. Listen, I've been afraid. Have you been afraid before? Man, I've been afraid. There's been times in my life, I think probably one of the biggest battles I have faced in my life from childhood through adulthood has been fear. There have been different times in my life when the enemy would come against me with fear. I've said this before. I grew up, my mother was afraid, my dad worked nights, and because she was afraid, it made us afraid. Okay, It's very powerful to understand that as a parent. Okay. Whatever gets on you gets on your kids. Let me say it again. Whatever gets on you gets on your kids. My mom was afraid. She was a good lady, good Christian lady. I loved her. She loved me, but she was afraid. And so it made me afraid. Okay. I've been afraid. I know many of you have too. Jehoshaphat was afraid, but don't you love it? But what did he do? It says he sought the Lord. Okay, that's the very first thing I'd like to stir in you this morning as I go through this. I'm going to show you some things. He was afraid, but he sought the Lord that there was going to be a battle. Now, I want to skip down to all the way down to verse 12. Here's what he did. He gathered everybody together in the country, and he said, hey, we're going to pray, and we're going to see God, and this is an impossible situation. This army's bigger than us, and we can't defeat them. It says he was afraid, but he sought the Lord. Now, let me read to you in verse 12. Here's what he said, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Be good for some of you to say that. Hey, right. Okay. We don't know what to do. I I, I got a great idea. Why don't you just try it and see how it feels? Okay. Go ahead and say it right now. We don't know what to do. That didn't hurt, did it? That didn't hurt at all. That felt good. All right. All right. So he's willing to admit, we don't know what to do and our eyes are on you. Here's the second thing the king did. Now, don't miss this. He told God, we have no power. Okay. The first thing he said was, is, hey, I'm afraid. Let's seek God. The second thing he said was, is, hey, God, I have no power. Now, king is saying this. It says, he says that he said, I have no power. My eyes are on you. Oh man, that's good. Isn't that good? The Bible says to lift your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. Okay, so what does that mean? That means I'm going to get my eyes off my problem. I'm going to get my eyes off my situation. I'm going to get my eyes off my circumstances. Hey, it's okay to be afraid. I'm not afraid to admit. I'm afraid. But God, I'm seeking your face, and I'm going to lift my eyes to you, and I'm going to admit I need help. Listen, God is waiting to be wanted He is waiting to be wanted. He will not go where he's not invited. God, I have no power, but you do, and I'm going to get my eyes on you. Let me show you the next thing he did. I'm going to drop down to verse 15. Listen to what it says in verse 15. And he said, now here's what happens. God speaks to a man to speak to the people. Okay, it's like a prophetic word. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, man, isn't that good? Oh, my gosh. All right. So what happens here? Hey, King, what up? Man, there's this great army coming, and they're going to destroy us. Oh, my gosh, he's in the palace pacing. What in the world are we going to do? What is going to happen? I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, I think I'll call out to God. He stops, and he calls out to God. And he tells God, God, I have no power. I have no ability. I have no answers, and I'm going to get my eyes on you. Then God speaks and says, hey, I got great news for you, king. You don't have to be afraid. Don't you love that? You don't have to be afraid, and you don't have to be dismayed. You don't have to fight. I'm going to fight for you, man. Uh, some of you may be familiar with uh, Joseph Prince. He's a pastor uh, in, in, in the Far East, and I heard him say something one time that I never forgot. And listen to this. This will this will help you. He says, "If you're going to work, God's going to rest." But if you're going to rest, God's going to work. Now, let me put it to you another way. If you're going to fight, God's going to rest. But if you're going to rest, God's going to fight. Hey, I'm going to get my eyes on my father, and it says I'm going to stand still, and my father is going to fight for me. Man, isn't that good? All right, now, let me show you the next thing that happened, the next thing he said. I'm going to go down to verse 17. Listen to what verse 17 says. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Listen to what he said. He said, you won't need to fight. You stand still, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. You stand still, church. You stand still, believer. You stand still, dad. You stand still, mom. Trust in God, and you'll see his salvation. Now let me jump down to verse 20. Listen to what he says. So they rose early in the morning, the day of the battle. They went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now don't miss this. This is so good. He says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe as prophets and you will prosper. Wow. Believe in the Lord and you'll be established. Believe his prophets and you'll be taken. Now listen, listen to it. Believe in the prophets and you'll prosper. Now that's the truth, man. That's, a, you know, hey, when you read the Bible, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to believe it. I'm going to trust God. When pastor preaches, I'm just going to dare believe it. When I go here and Chuck, hear Chuck Pierce, I'm just going to dare to believe it. Are you with me? I'm just going to believe what the Bible says instead of somebody saying that you can't believe it. And it says what will happen. You'll be established in the Lord and you'll prosper. Now, are you with me? All right, I'm going to drop down to another verse. I want to drop down to verse 21. Here's where... Here's, here's what I want you to see. Here's where we've been going all morning. Verse 21, listen to this. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. All right, now here's, here's where we're going. Okay, I got to get, get down. I might need to run. All right. What did Chuck Pierce say? Chuck Pierce said, you're going to sing your way into the new. The new means something you've never seen before. Now, here's what I know. I don't know about y'all, but I know about us, and I do know about y'all. I bet there's every single one of you in this room have something you need God to do in your life in 2019. You got one of those cards a couple of weeks ago, and by the way, we have more of them at the red desk, and you wrote down what you want God to do in your life in 2019. Every single one of us needs something. We have something in our life that has not happened yet, something that's new and something we're trusting God for. We need God to establish his kingdom in our life and our family like never before. Here's what they did. They gathered up Greg and Glenda and Jason and Dennis, and they put them out in front of the army with their guitars and their drums and their instruments and the army lined up behind them against a multitude so great that it was going to destroy the nation. And they said, Hey, we want you guys to lead as we go into battle and we want you to play and we're going to sing and we're going to praise God and we're going to sing and worship as we go into battle. Are you crazy? would that, be, I'd, I'd be, I'm right behind you, brother. I'm right behind you, man. I got my, whatever it is, I got my sword, I got my club, I've got my knife, my, you know, move forward in history, I've got my gun, but we're gonna send y'all out ahead. I, can you imagine sending the band out to play football? Right? Hey, the football team's not gonna play the first quarter the band's gonna play. We'll be behind 100 to nothing. All right, now, what did Chuck Pierce say? He said, you're going to sing your way. Why am I telling you this story? Because I want you to recognize how singing and how praise and worship is a very powerful type of battle. God told Jehoshaphat, hey, send the army out ahead. And they're going to sing, and you're going to all sing, and you're going to worship as we go into battle. Now, let me keep reading. Let me show you what happens. Okay? Send the praisers before the army. Verse 22. Verse 22. They began to sing and to praise, and the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who'd come against Judah, and they were defeated. Jimmy Moore, when you show up in here and you sing, God is fighting for you behind the scenes, and he's setting ambushments against your enemies, and they are being Defeated. And all you're doing is, Lord, I love you and I'm so thankful for you and I'm so glad I'm saved and I, I just, I just love you. I'm so grateful. There, there's not much, that's not hard, is it? That's not hard. You don't have to train. You don't have to do sit-ups or push-ups. Uh, you don't have to go to boxing lessons. You don't have to go to MMA, right? You don't have to do any of that, you know? All you do is just stand, and, and, and Lord, I just, I love you. And Lord, just like my granddaughter, when she comes up to me and she throws her hands in the air, and, and I love to pick her up, well, I, I'm your child, and Lord, I just, like my granddaughter lifts her hands, Lord, I lift mine to you, and I'm so thankful that you love us, and your grace is on our family and our children and our grandchildren and on our great-grandchildren our households, Lord, until you tarry, and I just thank you. Now, while you're doing that, God is fighting for you, setting ambushments against your enemies, and they're being defeated. Or you can do this. I sure don't like that song. You know, I wonder when they're gonna play something I like. You know, I wish they'd listen to the radio or something. Well, you know, it's a little loud or it's a little too quiet or it's a little too long or it's a little too short, right? Or you do that. And while you do that, you know what the Lord does? He doesn't fight. He doesn't I All I want you to see is how powerful this is. I'm not trying to condemn you or pick on you. Okay, maybe you don't want to raise your hands, and if you don't, that's okay. I'm not saying that's somehow the magic formula, you know. I get my hands up. No, it's just the heart, right? You just close your eyes and sing the words. What did Chuck Pierce say? He said, if you sing, if you sing. Now, let's keep going on this story. It only gets better. Verse 25, you're going to love this. When Jehoshaphat and his people, now the battle's over. The, The Lord said ambushments, and the army killed each other. They turned on each other, and they killed each other, and not one of them was left alive. Not one of them. Verse 25, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead, and they found precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, and it says it took three days to gather the spoil. Now, I got a question for you. It says the soldiers were wearing jewelry. Soldiers don't wear jewelry. Now, I've never been in the military, but I bet when you go into battle, you don't wear jewelry. Oh, oh hold hold it, Sarge. Let me get my necklace. No, no, Sarge, wait a minute. I got to get my bracelets. I got to get my necklaces. Y'all remember that old actor, Mr. T.? Remember, some of you that are old, remember Mr. T? And he always had all them necklaces on. Do you remember? And he wore all them necklaces, right? I, I, I can just see that in my head just as clear as day, right? Okay, it says they had jewelry on in battle. God defeated them. They went out and gathered the gold and the silver and the jewelry, and it took three days to gather all the spoil. Now, here's what, I, here's what stirs in me. I believe with all my heart, God had them wear that jewelry. God had them put that on before the battle. They didn't leave it. Okay, think about this. They brought it with them too. It says they came from across the sea. They came in ships. Oh, honey, where's your jewelry box? Well, why do you need to know? Well, we're going to battle. We're going to go defeat Judah. And I just want to be sure and take some jewelry with me. Well, aren't you going to war? Well, yeah, but I just I had this need. I got, can I just take the jewelry? Well, how much do you need? Well, I, I want all of it. So I'm just going to take the whole box with me. So as they're loading on the ships, they've got their jewelry boxes. And then before the battle, they put all of it on. Don't you think God was up to something? And what does it say? It says it took them three days to gather the spoil. Now, why are you telling us this, Pastor. Chuck Pierce said, We're going to sing our way into the new, something we've never seen before. And while you're singing and you're praising and you're telling God you're, you love Him, the enemies that are coming against you, He's defeating, and you're going to gather the spoil. God's blessing, God's grace, God's hand is on you like never before. And it says it took them three days to gather the spoil. Three days. I don't know about you, but I just love the idea of soldiers wearing jewelry. You know, this line of men that all look like Mr. T. You know, they've all got these necklaces and bracelets on. What is God doing? He's supernaturally taking care of them. Do you know when the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they'd been in bondage for 300 years? The Egyptians came before they left and they brought their jewelry to them. They brought their jewelry to them. Now, these people had been slaves for generations, and the people that had owned them came and said, oh, by the way, before you leave, can we give you our gold and our silver? And they took it with them when they left. What happened when Jesus was born? The Magi showed up with gold and frankincense and myrrh, which were valuable gifts. Listen, can I just say something to you? If you'll let God, he'll take care of you. If you let him, he'll take care of you. He'll meet your needs. And he's not limited to your job. He's not limited to your savings account. He's not limited to your wage. He's not limited to any of that. And when the enemy shows up, he's going to take what the enemy has and give it to you. Man, doesn't that just kind of make you want to just relax? It sure does me, right? Just kind of chill out. Hey, God, you've got this. Okay, pastor, what do I need to do? You don't need to do anything, but just let what's in your heart come out. And we can do it in church on Sunday morning. You, can, you know, in the morning when I make breakfast, I put music on. And whatever's stirring in me, I play it, and we listen to music. We listen to it in the car, uh, w- different places. And every time you do that, every time you sing, the enemy's fighting. The enemy's being defeated as God is fighting for you. Now, I've got to show you two more things. I've got to stop. All right, how am I doing on time? Oh, man, I've got just a couple of minutes. These are two good things. Don't miss this. I'm going to go down to Verse 28. <coughs> Now, listen to this. The battle's over. They've gathered the spoil. They've piled up the gold and the silver. The enemy's defeated. There's not one of them left alive. Verse 28. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets, the band. By the way, the band wasn't killed. Thank God. Amen? The band wasn't killed. All right? The band wasn't killed. They went to Jerusalem. Listen to this. It says at the last sentence in verse 28, and they went to Jerusalem. To the house of God. Listen, when God gives you victory, the first thing they did was go to the house of God. I'm so glad you're in the house of God and that God is giving you victory. They came to the house of God. And verse 29, and the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Verse 30, here's the last thing I want you to see. The realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. And God gave him rest all around. The last two things that are stirring in me is I came to the house of God, which is where you are. And it says, and God gave them rest. And it was quiet all around. Isn't that good? God gave them rest and they were quiet. You sing your way into victory because worship is a weapon. And and, and it's so easy. Can I just encourage you, man, when you come in this place, man, you sing. You lift your hands. You lift your voice. You lift your heart. And when you don't feel like it, that's that's when you should do it the most. Amen? And when you're thinking about all the battles you're facing, all the mountains you're up ahead, all the enemies that you're facing, all the things the enemy said to you, you just turn your heart and your eyes towards your father and you said, Daddy, I love you. I'm so thankful that you love me. I'm so thankful that you're at work in my life. I just want to praise you this morning. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad that I've been baptized in water. I'm so glad that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that I'm your son and that you're my father and that I'm going to live forever and I'm going to spend eternity with you and with my loved ones and that, Father, there's good days ahead, there's blessing ahead and that your hand is on our lives. Behind the scenes, he's fighting for you. He's fighting for you. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let me pray for you. (coughs) That's a good word, amen? Father God, we love you. Lord, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the house of God. I'm so thankful for this body of believers. Father, that you take this word and stir our hearts and that we turn our eyes towards you and off of our problems and that we know you're our father and that you're fighting for us and we're grateful For all that you're doing among us. It's in Jesus name I pray. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. Y'all go and be blessed. We love you.